unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Da-na, da-na-na. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Christopher Roush here, Ron and Scripted, another powerful episode. It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, misfits for life. Thank you for being here, whether you're live or on the replay or you're catching us on the audio podcast or you're catching us on the video cast, which is always available on YouTube. Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you guys. We are celebrating episode number 187. Ladies and gentlemen, I remember when I started this podcast back in uh, January of 2019, it was right before I had back surgery. I had two-level disc fusion back surgery back in 2019, and I had started the podcast, I think, a week or two before I went into back surgery, so that's how I remember it. We've had 186 amazing episodes. Not all of them are like number tens, of course. You know, you have your you have your moments where you're not feeling so great, or the guest isn't feeling so great, or maybe there's not a pair up. But there are some pretty incredible uh, shows in here. So I always invite you to go to noexcusescoach.com. You can go check out all the different shows. You can check out the Ron and Scripted show. You can check out my other show, The Unfiltered Experience, and shh. There's another show coming up pretty soon. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't give you any details about that, but just let me say that I'm excited to be a part of an amazing group of people doing three podcasts a week. Oh my God, what else am I going to try to do? Nah, I'm, I'm blessed and I just appreciate you guys all being here. I know I get feedback on the shows all the time. You guys appreciate the fact that we deliver the straight goods to you guys every single week. And thank you guys for sharing these out. And we appreciate you for sharing this show out as well when you get value out of it, because it's going to be a pretty intense conversation talking about some, uh, some I don't know, controversial stuff in, in a sort of way. It's something that I'm excited about because you guys know me. I'm all about how do we get to the root of the problem, not the symptom of the problem. How do we get to the root? And by getting to that root, how do we find the opportunities for seeing the root of the problem a little bit differently and then taking potential different actions to solve for that problem that may be not customary to the normal process, you know, of, of what we go about. And that's what, you know, you guys know with me, with the coaching, um, I use different methodologies and ways of asking questions to get you to guys to come to your answers for yourself and then be able to own those different responsibilities to be able to take action on that. And one of the biggest things that we can always do, you guys hear me talking about it all the time, is taking care of our health. And in case you can't tell, I'm a little hoarse right now. I have a horrible cold and I have a fever of 102. But hey, we're raw and scripted. We never miss out. And I did a replay last week. And you guys know I don't like doing replays. I was on vacation with my family, enjoying some camping, enjoying Thanksgiving. So thank you guys for allowing me that opportunity. But we are back here live again, uh, bringing you uh, more amazing content. So if you know of somebody who has cancer, who have had cancer, who potentially might get cancer, I think that's pretty much the whole population, then I want you to stay tuned right here. Get something to take notes with. I always tell you guys about that. Have something to write notes with. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take down three action items three action items from this conversation of how you can take better care of yourself. Because here's the thing. Longevity is up to us, right? If you want to have a long, healthy, healthy, happy life, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. You got to do things that may be a little uncomfortable. You got to, you got to eat things that maybe you don't really want to eat. But at the end of the day, when you think about it, would you rather be 65 years old thinking about, Hey man, I've got cancer and I'm going to leave my family behind. And I wish I would have ate better. I wish I wouldn't have drank so much. I wish I wouldn't have had so much sugar. 
Are you going to look back and think about that? Are you going to be happy with the choices that you made? Or are you going to look back and say, man, I only had to have some green drinks. I only had needed to eat some more vegetables. I only needed to go out and exercise more. I only needed to make sure I was drinking more water than soda and coffee. All those things can really add up to the longevity of your life. And, and the guest we have tonight, he's got an amazing story. He's the author of a brand new book. He is changing lives. And that's what we want here on Raw and Scriptus. So please welcome to the Raw and Scriptus show, Mr. Rob Pryor. Rob, what's going on, brother? Thank you for being here on the Raw and hey. Scriptus show. How are you doing, mister? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing as good as could be expected. So let's uh, let's see if I can actually ask some intelligent questions and have an amazing conversation, which I know we will. So thank you, Mr. Rob Pryor, for being here with us and being with us from Australia. Is that correct? Correct. Sydney, Australia on the East Coast. Sydney, Australia. We had a little bit of a talk about that. I had stayed down in Manly Beach back when I was there in 1999. Beautiful, beautiful area. If I moved to any other country, it would definitely be Australia. So glad to have you here with us today, brother. And I'm really excited about this conversation. So I want to just jump right into it. Normally, I have some other questions I like to ask our guests to get our, our viewers to know our guests a little bit. But you are the author of a pretty incredible book. And I'd like for you to share that title of the book and then talk to us about a little bit of that journey. What brought you to the point of having to write a book about curing cancer? Uh, well, thank you for all that, Chris. Uh, I think you can see my book behind me. It's yep. called The Healing Power of Cancer. First edition came out in May. Uh, sold out in a flash. Second edition came out in June. It sold out in a flash. And I've got the third edition. Thank you. Thank you. Got the third edition coming out soon. Every time I do a new edition, I make changes and improvements. And this time I've actually got distribution in the USA. Hooray. Yes, yes. I know we had planned to do this conversation next year, but we were so excited to have the conversation. I haven't had a chance to get the book and to read the book, but I'm definitely going to get that because for me, that's one of my biggest fears is to get cancer is to think about that. And everybody in my family has got cancer and passed away from cancer. And I know that's a diagnosis, not a death sentence. So talk to us about that. What was the, what was the scenario for you getting diagnosed with cancer? I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that must've felt like. Oh, it was devastating. And when I left the, uh, doctor's clinic, I broke, I walked into the street and broke down crying. I just couldn't believe that I'd had this diagnosis. I thought this happens to other people. It doesn't happen to me. Right. I don't know about you, but I've often thought that I've had a pretty blessed life and that sadly tragedies tend to happen to other people, but here a tragedy had befallen me. Uh, I was devastated. Uh, this was back January, 2013, by the way, that I got the diagnosis. Did you have any idea that you were possibly having cancer? I mean, were you just feeling ill and just went, or it was a regular routine checkup, some blood tests? Talk to us about that. I had many, many symptoms of, the Ill, of illness, but I actually had no concept that I had cancer at all. Didn't actually enter my mind at all. I thought at one point I had a neurological disorder because I had the shakes, tremors, uh, but I also had rashes and lumps and swellings and headaches and, and uh, swelling under the ears, swelling under the arms. Um, I had that a stabbing pain in my lower right, right abdomen. Uh, I, I was really, really ill. There were many, many symptoms. Wow. And so had you been taking care of yourself up until this point to find this to be a shock? Or had you been kind of living a more fun lifestyle? I'd been living, well, I don't know, fun lifestyle. I was a workaholic. So I was working long hours, not eating properly, not exercising enough, not getting enough sleep, under a lot of pressure. And yeah. they do say that stress contributes to cancer. Uh, but I was in denial. You, you don't think about that. You think, right, what have I got to do today? What have I got to do right now? You're just busy, busy, busy. And, and you don't think that you're neglecting yourself. But then you get the big wake up call when you get a diagnosis like that, that you start to reflect back and think, gee, I think I actually created this, which is 
the first step in taking responsibility to say, I create this illness rather than it's random and it can happen to anybody at any time for no reason. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen to anybody at any time for no reason. There are specific yeah. reasons why you get cancer, which is good news because it means you can do specific things to reverse it and to cure yourself, which is what I did. Nice. I well, we're definitely going to be talking about that. I want to, I want to kind of just work on a little bit of the origin story. So you walk out of the doctor's office. He says you got cancer. What type of cancer did you have? And what was the process after that? Did you immediately go talk to friends and family or did you kind of keep it to yourself and process it for a while? Talk to us about un unpacking those emotions. Because again, when I put myself in your position, which I do, um, I just, I think I just, I would break down. I would just feel like, holy shit, like, man, I wish I would have done all these other things in my life and have those regrets. And I'm all about not having regrets. So talk to us about that process for you. There's two questions there, weren't they? Um, so what was the first question again? Like, what, what was that process for you after you walk out of the, the doctor's office, you get this diagnosis? What type of cancer was it? What type um, of cancer? Okay, so it was late stage three kidney cancer and also a very, very badly damaged liver. So I really had a double whammy. I think the damaged liver would explain a lot of the symptoms I had uh, because the liver uh, is actually one of the most important organs in the body. It has over 100 functions. And if, you, if your liver's not functioning properly, you're actually in big trouble. You, you're going to have uh, all sorts of symptoms and health issues and pains, fatigue, anxiety, uh, just, just a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, and, and so did I call my family? No, I didn't. I made a decision quite early on to minimise the number of people that I told for two reasons. <laughs> number one, I didn't want to freak people out. And I know with my mother, who's now quite elderly, if I had told her, and this is 10 years ago, but if I had told her, she'd worry about it day and night, seven days a week. She'd just be worrying, worrying, fearing that I was going to die. And it's lovely for someone to care about you, but for someone to worry all day, every day, or, you know, you get the point I'm making, it's, oh, yeah. it's not desirable. It's not good for her. It's not good for anybody. And, and it'd be similar for other people in the family or friends if I told them that they'd just... Because of what we've been led to believe about cancer, they believe that it's likely I was going to die. Right. But so I minimise that. And the second reason I didn't tell many people is I didn't want interference. I didn't want people chipping in, trying to coerce me and persuade me. Oh yeah. Uh, Get a ton of those. Road when I wanted to figure it out for myself and have a bit of autonomy and choose which road I went down. So right. I, I didn't need that sort of interference, even though I'm sure many of them would be well-meaning. Uh, I, I wanted to seek assistance from people I really trusted, people with high-level knowledge and understanding and wisdom, people with great wisdom. And there are many people in my life that I love and I enjoy their company, but there wouldn't be many people that I could say I think are very wise, have got a deep wisdom. Mm -hmm. Probably count them on about one hand, actually, maybe maybe one and a half hands, something like that. And uh, <laughs> They're so all watching you right now going, I better be on that hand. I better be on that hand, Ron. <laughs> One of those people was a fellow called Michael Adamides, who's about nine years older than me, and he is a psychotherapist and an emotional healer, uh, a spiritual healer even. And um, I, I consider him one of the wisest people I've ever met. And I actually ended up co-writing my first book with him. He wrote the original draft. It's called Say Hello to Happiness. And uh, it's about how to find peace of mind, happiness, fulfillment, prosperity, and it's based on his 35, 40 years more, probably, of experience. Wow. Um, so that was a thrill writing that book. And in the process of writing it, I 
was convinced how deep and wise he is. Everything that comes out of his mouth makes absolute sense. There's, there's no <laughs> too many people you find that, that, that do that besides me. <laughs> well, there's another one to count in my hand. Um, uh, don't count me on your hand. I'm not that. So one I called him and said, well, uh, this is the diagnosis. I actually called him the day before. And he said, before I actually got the definitive diagnosis from the specialist, he said, don't jump to any conclusions. He said, just one step at a time. Uh, I said, I'm overwhelmed with anxiety. This was the day before the diagnosis. And he sure. said, well, uh, number one, have a long, hot bath, which is a very interesting uh, recommendation. And he said, and then do some meditation, which yep. uh, was a regular practice for me at that stage anyway. So I did the long, hot bath, and it actually settled me down a lot. So for anyone who's got overwhelming anxiety, there's a little tip for starters. Mm -hmm. With lavender, with lavender too. Put lavender in there. I'm a bath. Sure. Yeah. Essential oils. Oh, yeah. And then I did the meditation. And by the end of that, I was actually okay. I wasn't, I still worried, but not yeah. overwhelmed with anxiety. So the next day, after I saw the specialist, I called him again and said, well, it actually is cancer. The, the specialist has confirmed it. And he said, okay, what are they, what are they, what, what's he recommending? I said, immediate surgery in four days' time next week. Oh, and quick as a flash, Michael said, don't do it. Now, I found How that did you feel in that moment? Like it's your life. Four days, this this medically licensed professional is sitting there saying, "Do this to save your life," and this guy, who you have ultimate respect for, is telling you not to do that. How did you feel in that moment? Well, the moment when he, when the specialist told me I had I had to get the surgery, or the moment no, when 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 when, when, uh, when Michael said, "Oh, don't do it." I trusted him. Wow, I trusted him because I've known him for oh gosh. Um, 25 years now, I would have been 15 okay. years at that point. And uh, I, I trust him implicitly. He's, he's very wise. He, he taps not only into knowledge and experience, but intuition, which is a sixth sense, which is even hard for us to define and know where it comes from. But some people say it comes from sort of the universe or God or, or from some True. spiritual source. Yeah, He's very wise and <clears throat> he's, he's spot on the money 99.999% of the time. So when he said that, I trusted that. That's why I called him. That's why I didn't call other people. Other people would have been sympathetic, but I didn't need sympathy. That wasn't right. any help. I wanted practical advice. In fact, that's another reason. I guess there's a third reason I didn't tell people. I didn't want a constant barrage of sympathy. Yeah, it's, that's a rough thing. I've seen my friends get cancer and they'll tell me privately, they're like, Chris, I love I love everybody, but everybody's like, hey, you need to take a quarter cup of dish soap with bleach and you'll get rid of your cancer. You need to sniff uh, blades of grass and, and talk to Mickey Mouse and you'll cure your cancer. Like they tell me, like they hear all these things and they just get so exhausted. So I can definitely understand your point. So Michael didn't give me a lot of sympathy because he, you know, he's wise. He knows that it doesn't help. I mean, it, Actually, it probably would have just disturbed me a little bit if he said, oh, dear, this is not good. Then <laughs> You'd be like, uh, get your fears in order. More worried. He said, but he didn't. He said, um, there is a fellow who uh, is an integrative doctor who works in the same uh, naturopathic healing clinic as, as I do my psychotherapy in a place called Annandale in Sydney. And he said he's got a very, very good track record of curing people of cancer. I said to Michael, hang on a second, curing? Yeah. Is it, can you What's do that? What's a good track record, though? Like one out of 10? <laughs> I mean, no, I want a clarification no, said, on that. No, Michael said most of the people this fellow sees and treats recover. This guy so, should be a bazillionaire. Well, he should be, but there are certain things that stop him from becoming that, which 
we may not go into on this show. Gotcha. I'd, I'd love to meet the guy. He's I mean, good no. up to a point, but I did later find someone who I felt was much, much better, and that's that's a that's a massive understatement. Who was a genius, phenomenal in the area of, of, of holistic healing. But Dr. Chris was good as a starting point, and he relieved my anxiety a little bit. He said, um, uh, yes, I do have, you know, I asked him, do you really have this good track record? He said, oh, yes. He said, most of the people who follow my guidance uh, make a recovery. It can be slow, it can be fast, but generally their health constantly improves. He said, but you've got to be disciplined and you've got to do these things. So he, he said, you've got to get off the you want me to talk about that because it wasn't your question. Absolutely, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I was just, I was going to ask you, like, what are okay. some of those base components that really well, got you to shift? Basic right? components to start with. <clears throat> and it, it got better than this later, but the starting point was he said, "You've got to stop eating processed foods completely." Yep. He said they're devoid of nutrition and they've even got very dangerous substances in in them: artificial flavors, artificial colors, preservatives, flavor enhancers, all these things that are just not good for the human body. In fact, there's numerous research studies that showed they can be carcinogenic and they're very dangerous to your health. You've got to quit them. You've got to get right off them. Yeah. yeah. I, just heard, uh, I just heard some children's cereal like a couple of months ago. They recalled a bunch of children's cereal because of some food coloring and it was dangerous. I was like, oh my God, you can't even eat cereal. Well, that's one that they detected, Chris, but I, I believe there are many substances in processed foods which haven't been proved to be carcinogenic or dangerous because it's very hard to prove it because mm -hmm. these these things are accumulative over many, many years or decades. Yeah. So you might be eating or drinking a particular food or drink, and it might take 10, 20, 30, 40 years before you start to get ill. And in the meantime, you've been consuming many other different products and been involved in many other lifestyle activities. And how on earth can you pinpoint that it was that particular, you know, soft sure. drink or whatever with those particular additives that, co that contributed significantly to the illness? It's, it's near impossible to prove it. So that's where my scientific brain, I do have a, a science degree, uh, and I was able to logically sort of figure out that that was good advice from Dr. Chris. Yeah. Quick, get straight off the processed foods, and he said uh, mostly fresh fruit and vegetables, but he said organic. You, you can't eat the sprayed stuff because it's yeah. dangerous as well. Mm -hmm. Monsanto uh, and he, stuff. He said that's fairly well proved that... Uh, uh, these pesticides and herbicides are carcinogenic. Yeah. He said, and you don't need them. You need to really have the highest form of uh, nutrition um, and, and eliminate toxins. So I did that immediately. He said, drink lots of water, lots of herbal teas. There were certain supplements, practitioner-grade supplements that he prescribed for me, which he was able to get that I wasn't able to get, which okay. raises the question in itself, why is that not available from health yeah, seriously, why not? and drugstores? But that's all right. Uh, some of them actually are available, but uh, he was a good starting point. And even within, say, a week of following his advice, I started to feel much better. And some of the symptoms, some of the rashes started to diminish and the lumps and the, and the headaches started to diminish and I started to feel better. But within also, a few weeks? No, within even one week, I'm saying. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> and he's also saying you've got to exercise, which I used to do, but I'd stop doing it, so I had to get back into that. And just what, really, what, was your, what was your diet like? I mean, were you just eating fast food and Doritos, or were you fairly healthy? I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty healthy person, but I, I, I have my cheeseburgers and fries every once in a while, but I'm, I'm pretty good, but how are you? Now? Before, no, what was your diet before, like before? Before the illness, um, it, well, it was not good. Uh, a lot of um, candy and uh, soft drinks, 
I thought by getting the diet soft drink might be better than getting the non-diet, <laughs> but it's probably worse because yeah, some aspartame. of those. Yeah, as part of that's uh, horrible. Uh, carcinogenic. So, uh, you know, I thought it was all right. But in fact, truth be told, I didn't really think about it because when you've got reasonable health, you don't think about it. Just carry on busy with your work and your lifestyle and activities and things, and pastimes. Uh, but then when I got ill, everything changed. I know. <laughs> I, I want to talk about that. introspection. <clears throat> Not only the advice he was giving me, I was doing my own research. And I was really cleaning up my diet and lifestyle quick smart. In fact, the night before I got the diagnosis from the specialist, I quit drinking alcohol. I went to my liquor cabinet and tipped the bottle, the liquids, down the sink. Oh, I've done that even, once in my life. <laughs> because I thought... I'm really ill, and before any before I've read anything or heard anything, this can't be helping. Right, I've said In the fact, same thing. This is probably contributing to my illness. This is just sort of common sense, not really high level science. But mm -hmm. the high level science confirms that alcohol is detrimental to your health. In moderation, it's okay. Right. But if you're very very ill, <clears throat> in that case, you should completely quit 100. percent yeah, that's, that's, that's actually, I've been on that path myself. I was a heavy drinker back in my twenties and thirties, party animal, all that good stuff. You know, Jack Daniels, woohoo, let's go body by Jack. I would be like in amazing shape and like, man, I can't believe that you're in such great shape and you still drink. I'm like, yeah, but it, that was the only thing that I could find. Honestly, Rob, that would, that would tone down my ADHD and like make me feel normal. I was just listening to an interview with Matthew Perry. He just wrote his book talking about his addiction to alcoholism or his addiction to alcohol, his addiction to pain pills. He was taking 55 Vicodin a day. And I was wow. like, oh my God, he wound up, you know, in a, in a coma for five weeks and in the hospital for five months and all this other stuff. And it's pretty crazy. It's really caused me to think like, wow, you know, you take so many things for granted, but now it's like, I'm starting to see this, especially I'm going to be 54 next year. It's like, you can't take that for granted. There comes a point in your life where I believe there's got to be a, like a, a tipping point. Like, okay, I'm at that point. I think I'm at that point now where I have to really be careful about what I put in my body and be very careful to sit there and to think out loud. And this is how I usually help myself. Is this good for me? Yes or no? I don't give it a maybe. Is this good for me? Yes or no? Jack Daniels is not good for me. Put it away. Pepsi is not good for me. Put it away. Fruits and vegetables, yes, good. Moderation, don't go crazy on them. So I, I'm actually been thinking about that a lot lately. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. So it's timely for me. Well, if an individual can adopt these changes before they get sick, I call them a genius because most people, and myself included, I had to get really, I would have to be on death's doorstep before I'd reevaluate and do introspection and then start to make massive changes right across the board with everything. Yeah. So and when you guys, it's only the beginning of it. You know, I, I just changed so many things in my life. Yeah. How was that process for you? Was it easy because you had that leverage or what, talk to us about what start, what stuff you started eating and Actually, how was that for process? For me, it was easy because <clears throat> I, I was, I was afraid. I thought I really might die. I can't take any risks. I have to do this. I have no choice. Now that's because I wanted to die. Some people think, oh, well, if my time has come, my time has come. I thought, no. My time has not come. I'm not done. I, I, I've got plenty to do, and I, I want to live past 100 with great mental and physical health. So, no, I, I'm not going to lie down and say my time has come and die. I'm going to fight this, and I'm going to win this. So yeah. there was even a determined attitude from the beginning, but I, I, was, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know much about the, the, the practicalities and the science behind it, which, as time went on, I learned about, and it's mm -hmm. encapsulated in my book.
Of course, of course. So talk to me about like, okay, so you process the fact that you've got stage three cancer. The doctors told you you need surgery in four days. Your buddy says, no, start eating really good and really clean. And let me introduce you to some people. For that process, when we're sitting here talking about the fact that you were scared that you were going to die, what shifted for you? Because I always talk about people aren't going to live until they know they're going to die. And we're all dying. When the day we're born, our bodies start to slowly decompose, slowly break down a little bit. You know, talk to us about what that was like for you to sit there and go, wow, you know, so many different things must have come to your mind as realizations that maybe you weren't really considering before. Okay. Um, you're right about our bodies decomposing, but I would say that by the end of my recovery year, because it took 13 months to make a full 100% recovery. What did that doctor uh, say, health, by the way? What did that doctor so, say? I wanna, when you Did you ever go back and tell that doctor like, voila? I didn't go back to the, G, the GP, the general practitioner, but I was walking along a street in my local shopping centre and I bumped into him. I saw him eating in a, in a cafe. Oh, wow. uh, actually, he was there with uh, a real estate agent who'd done a lot of work for me in the past. So I thought that's an interesting combination of individuals. And I said, hi, Will, how are you doing? No, no. He said to me, Rob, Rob, because he saw me before I saw him. And I said, Will, wow, great to see you because I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. And he said, wow, I thought, and then he stopped. I said, <laughs> you thought what? He said, oh, don't worry. I said, no, no, you thought I was dead, didn't you? He went, well... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm so glad to see you're alive and you're looking so well and so healthy. It's amazing. Did you do the surgery? I said, no, I didn't. He said, what did you do? I said, well, it's a long story. It's got to do with diet, detox, change of lifestyle, uh, change of mental attitude, perspective, spiritual dimensions like meditation, psychotherapy. He went, okay, okay. I said, well, and he sort of looked a bit mystified as if it's so far removed from his training and right. from his practice. And he said, well, gee, he said, well, whatever you did, I'm so glad it worked for you and I'm happy for you, which is very nice of him. But it's just puzzled because that was it. He, I would, if I was him, I'd be like, what were every step that you did? Because I want to give a medical practice and go do what you did. That's what well, I would be. You see, I don't <clears> think that tends to happen with doctors because they've been trained. Some people would say brainwashed to believe in a certain paradigm yeah. of, to put it simply, slash burn and poison. And to consider something else is, is, is really, uh, you've got to be very open-minded and very flexible. Having said that, might I say, there's been at least three doctors in Australia who've bought my book, read it cover to cover, and then all three have given me very glowing feedback of saying, wow, this is an amazing book. And the latest is a fellow called Dr. Kevin, uh, who only contacted me about four or five days ago. He's now about halfway through it, and he said, Rob, I'm totally convinced this is the way to go. He said, you wouldn't expect this from a doctor. <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot to say, yes, he's got uh, bladder cancer. Yeah, bladder cancer. No, no, that's a different individual. Prostate cancer. The doctor. I'm mentoring a number of different people, so just got to get it straight. Uh, this doctor has prostate cancer, and he said, everything that you've written, everything that you did makes sense to me. It's not in my training. But from a scientific point of view, and just the way you connect the dots, it actually makes sense to me, and I'm going to pursue that. So that's what he's doing. It's still early days for him. Then there's other people who have been doing it for three, six months a year, and their health just gets better and better and better. And I just keep getting these lovely testimonials from them out of the blue, unsolicited, and I've kept them all in a folder. 
of course. Uh, saying how grateful they are for the book and how it's actually helped them to recover or they're still in the process of healing, but they're heading in the right direction. Nice. So is is <clears throat> is what's in your book, is that for people who have cancer or people who want to yes. avoid cancer or both? Yes, both. And for people who have almost <clears throat> any kind of serious illness, believe it or not. It, it, it's so far reaching and it's so holistic. Can I just read you, apart from cancer, some other illness. I've got my book here. Sure, absolutely. i read from page 112. There we I go. can read to you, it'll take me about 30 seconds, a, a list of other serious illnesses that can be healed or cured through following the same protocol as I did. So this is not, what I did is not just for cancer, because if you want to talk about gut health, we can get to that too. It's got a lot to do with gut health. Oh yeah. Micro, microbiome, mic, microbiomes, microbiome, microbiomes, microbiomes. You yep. got it. And, and once you, so I'll talk about that before I read the list. Cool. Once you've got peak gut health and most people, if they uh, live in modern industrialized society and eat, modern foods from supermarkets and what have you, processed foods, uh, their gut health will be either very uh, slightly depleted or massively depleted, often massively depleted. And then this 75% uh, of the human immune system is in the gut. Once your immune system's run down, it can't fight off a whole myriad of illnesses and diseases and even ailments. So it ranges from mild ailments through to very serious life-threatening illnesses can occur once your gut health is depleted. But that's the bad news. Once your gut health is restored, which is a lot of maybe half of what my book's about, because the other half about the psychological and emotional dimensions. Once your gut health is restored, then you start to go into healing mode. Your body actually is capable of healing itself of, of these illnesses I'm about to read to you. So let's read them. Um, colds, influenza, tonsillitis, bronchitis, leaky gut, athlete's foot, ringworm, psoriasis, lupus, shingles, dandruff, allergies, Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, Crohn's disease, Crohn's, Crohn's disease, and arthritis, as well as, of course, I believe, every form of cancer without exception. How about that wow. for a broad sweeping <clears throat> statement? So that is, that is huge. I mean, a lot, a lot of the things you're talking about are all based in infl inflammation, right? Correct, yes. And and it's because your immune system is not able to fight off that inflammation. It's It's... It's like, okay, specifically, we've got these T cells, cytotoxic T cells in our white blood that fight off cancer cells. Now, every <clears throat> single human being has cancer cells in their body. We're talking about even perfect, perfect people who have yep. got cancer cells in their body. But it's okay because these T cells fight off the cancer cells. They locate and poison the cancer cells 24-7 from the day we're born. And in most cases, they're successful. But it's when the army of T cells gets run down or depleted, if you like, that they start to lose the battle. So the secret is to build up the army of T cells. This, so it is medicine, if you like. The, there's a, an American uh, author called Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah, I've heard of him. Who says, <clears throat> the doctor is in your body. Yeah. The doctor is your body. There's someone knocking at my door. Can we pause this podcast or do we have to keep going? <laughs> we have to keep going. Okay. We'll just yeah. let them knock. Yeah, they're just going to need to knock. Um, I mean, if you need to get it real quick, I can talk to the viewers for a second. I mean, if it's something important, I can I can talk to the viewers for a second. I don't know what it is. They're just knocking. <laughs> well, um, why don't you go ahead and see it answer it, and I'll just talk to the viewers I'll for a second. see who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What an amazing conversation right now we're having with Rob. I hope you're inspired. I hope you're taking notes because... 
it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We're all going to continue to age and decline. And what he's talking about, inflammation is huge, 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 huge. You guys have heard me talk about the fact that I do 75 hard periodically. When I've done 75 hard, I've done it twice. That's 75 days of clean uh, eating, of uh, cleansing, of no sugar, no wheat, no gluten, and 75 days of working out twice a day, water intake, everything. When I do that, I feel amazing. So the fact that we can reduce and limit, uh, reduce inflammation in our body is the cornerstone of a lot of what uh, the diseases Rob just talked about. So welcome back, Mr. Rob. Appreciate you being back. Was it something important? Uh, they've gone away. <laughs> oh, well, good, good. Tell me, okay. hey, I'm on the Ron and scripted show right now. I'm talking about changing people's lives. Um, so thank you for that, Rob. Yeah. Inflammation I have found is one of the key indicators of so many different things. My back pain, like I've had chronic back pain since 2006. And you know, when I'm, I was just telling the viewers when I'm very meticulous about my diet and what I take in, I mean, I drink a, a ton of water. I drink about a gallon of water a day. Um, but when I get really meticulous about that, I notice that the the severity of the pain drops by 20, 30%. I mean, it doesn't go away, but it definitely some of those days where it's really bad with me, um, I notice a big difference. I notice my clarity is increased. See, that's my, very interesting. Yeah. Sorry to be rude, but if you went further than what you're doing, because there's probably many things that you could do to take your body's health and your gut health to a higher level and reduce the inflammation even further. Yeah. Probably many things you're not aware of. And if you were to implement those, I believe you could reduce the back pain further. And it may, may be possible, in fact, I'd even say probably possible to completely eliminate the back pain. So there are so many things I did, such as um, detox substances, like it's all outlined in my book, zeolite, bentonite clay, diatomaceous earth, there's MSM, things that I'd never heard of, of before I got sick. But my second mentor, so Dr. Chris was the first uh, mentor, I suppose you could say, or doctor, but the second fellow, Pete Meloff, uh, owns and runs an organic produce store here in Sydney. And he turned out to be just a miracle worker, a miracle healer. He's not your, your regular produce store owner at all. Uh, he actually gives extensive advice to his, to his um, customers about how they can cure themselves of all different sorts of illnesses. He's an extraordinary individual. And he charges nothing for his advice and services. Wow, but what you a do obliged to buy the produce from his store. But even if you don't, he doesn't even mention it because he's such a gracious character. He gives the advice because he cares about people. He just wants to make a difference. So um, he got me onto a lot of these detox substances. And again, even within probably a week, I could feel a big difference. They were uh, detoxifying my body from all sorts of heavy metals and chemicals and mm -hmm. bacteria, uh, viruses, fungus, protozoa, all sorts of things that accumulate in your gut that shouldn't be there. They accumulate over many, many years. For instance, even if you eat fish these days, unfortunately, there's mercury and other heavy metals that accumulate in them, and your body has difficulty eliminating them. But then yeah. these substances that you take, and you just simply put the powder in the water, drink it first thing every morning, they go through your gut and, well, actually, particularly if you're interested, the diatomaceous earth, if you look at under a microscope, it looks like little hooks and they hook onto these parasites, uh, bacteria, viruses, fungus, and then take them out of your digestive system and you eliminate them when you go to the toilet. So oh, wow. amazing stuff that I'd never heard of and most people have not heard of. So I was getting very exclusive advice there. And I thought once I'd made a full recovery, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. I thought, really, I've got a responsibility to share this with the world. How am I going to do that? 
And a book, obviously, is the perfect way of doing it, where you can really uh, present it uh, clearly, logically. And my book tells a story where it takes you. So it's not really a, a heavy sort of scientific book, even though it's got science woven through it. It's a story. It takes you year by year, month by month, through the people I met, the conversations we had. And uh, there's one particular lady um, who's from New Zealand but lives in Australia called Yvonne who said to me, her favourite genre is crime fiction. And she said, but your book, Rob, is more gripping than any science fiction book I've ever read. Love it. Uh, Love because it. there are also a couple of other characters uh, in the story who I'm not sure if they're famous in America. One of them... So these other two characters had um, cancer as well at the same time as I did, uh, both musicians. Uh, and the three of us went to a three-hour meeting with this Pete Meloff fellow that I was talking about. And he gave us a complete rundown, again, free of charge, where he explained to us what he believes cancer really is and how we got it and how we can cure ourselves. So what, was was, what, were the, what were those thoughts? I'm curious. What were the what his thoughts? What the reason the origins of cancer? I I believe it's something has to do with sugar. I think sugar's got to be a culprit of it. But what 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 are the what are some of those well, things that yes, we should be aware of? Sugar is related to it because it feeds <clears throat> the organism that he believes is the true nature of cancer. Now he is a big fan, and so am I, of an Italian oncologist called Dr. Tullio Simoncini, who. Uh, He's in his 70s now, but I think he's still practicing as an oncologist. After operating on, I think, over 1,000 patients with cancer and removing tumours, he started to think outside the square, which can be a very good thing where you can actually make new discoveries. Mm -hmm. And he thought, every tumour I've ever seen and removed is white. Why is it white? Is there a reason for this? Now, many people just say it's white. They wouldn't question it. They just keep doing it and move on. But he, he really pondered on it and thought, well, maybe it's fungus. Maybe it's a fungal infection because he thought fungus is always white. Yeah. So he took samples and looked under a microscope and thought, by golly, it sure looks like Candida albicans, which is a particular strain of fungus. So he, put, he started to put together a theory that cancer is simply a fungal infection. It's not what we've been taught it is by the medical uh, establishment. Yeah. They practice medicine. <laughs> they don't seem to they don't medicine. seem to note it. They don't seem to know medicine. They seem to practice it and they seem to want to practice it on everybody else as long as we can keep going through their their mill of, of prescriptions and, and follow-up visits and more tests and all that other crap. Well, if his theory is true, which I believe it is true, it would put a lot of doctors out of work and a lot of pharmaceutical companies, maybe not out of work, but it would deplete their uh, profits by yeah. a huge margin. So getting back to Simoncini, um, there was one particular woman he was operating on. I think she had ovarian cancer and he couldn't operate because it was too close to vital organs. So he couldn't remove it. So he stitched her up and said to her, you know, I couldn't operate. She said, oh dear, hmm. what, what do you suggest? He said, I don't know because uh, it's too close to vital organs. He said, all I can think of is I've got a theory that it's a fungal infection and fungus thrives in an acidic environment and it withers and dies in an alkaline environment. Yeah, he said the most alkaline substance that human beings can uh, ingest without it being harmful to them is sodium bicarbonate, otherwise known as baking soda. 
which mm -hmm. you can buy from your local supermarket. In Australia, we can buy a little box of uh, half a kilogram for about $5. Yep. So you, I'm sure you can buy it there. It's baking soda. You want to make sure it doesn't have aluminium in it, which they don't anymore. They used to. Uh, and he said, I want to inject you with the solution of sodium bicarbonate. She said, well, if that's my only hope of recovering from this, I guess I'll have to do it. So to cut a long story short, he did it and it worked. Wow. The tumor shriveled up. It took about a month for it to completely disappear, but it started shrinking from the very moment he injected it into it. One injection or, or continuous injections? Just over one. Period? Just I'm one. Actually, I'm not sure of all the details. Uh, it's, it'll be on the net. You could look it up. You could read it. Or you could buy his book, Cancer is a Fungal Infection. I have no financial interest in helping him sell his books because they're multi-million sellers anyway. Um, and then he did it on another patient and another and another mostly with success, not 100% success, but a very, very high level of success. Now, when you consider that chemotherapy only has about a 3% success rate. That's it? Getting, yeah. Wow. That's according to the American Cancer Institute. And also in Australia, we've got the Cancer Council of New South Wales. Uh, they've done statistics, they've done research, and it's uh, that's about the level. It's it's not highly effective. It's a toxic poison. It's, it's, yeah, I believe it kills it's very, everything. very dangerous. That's a whole other story we can go into. Get back to Simoncini. Um, then the medical board got wind of what he was doing and uh, deregistered him because he was working outside of the, the protocols. Oh, and he wow. said, you know, he went to court and he's trying to defend himself of saying, but it works. And they said, that's not the point. You as a doctor can't just practice whatever you feel like. And I actually tend to agree. You don't really want doctors doing whatever they feel like, whenever they feel like on a whim. True. You want some sort of regulation on it, but you want regulation of good, effective, safe practices. So uh, he was deregistered, but he didn't go to jail. Uh, so he, he relocated to England, to the UK. And this time he got permission to do it uh, as a, an experimental project, as a research project. Smart man. Which is the way you should have done it in the first place, really. But the thing is, it works. So Pete said to me, or to the three of us, remember I said there were three of us in this three-hour meeting? He said... It's a fungal infection, but you don't need to inject it. You can put a teaspoon in a glass of water and drink it first thing every morning and perhaps first thing in the evening before dinner, he said, and uh, it will alkalize your body and it'll put you on the road to recovery. So, you know, I did that immediately. I, I followed Pete's advice to the letter. In the meeting, I was furiously taking down notes thinking, this guy's amazing. He's telling me everything the doctors are not telling me. And he's saying it with such conviction and it also resonates with me. You know, when someone talks, you can tell whether they're speaking the truth or fabricating, bullshitting. Yeah. And he, he was, can I say that on your show? Oh, you 100%. This is raw and unscripted, baby. Raw and unscripted. So he he resonated with me as being someone who's honest and, and compassionate and, and very learned. And he'd already helped hundreds of people recover from cancer. So that was a good sign. And I met many of those people. It wasn't him just making it up. Uh, in his produce store was also a cafe. So I'd sit down for hours on end with his customers who had had cancer, followed his advice, and were now either on the road to recovery or made a complete recovery. So even if there was scepticism about his knowledge, I was talking to these people face to face. A man who had late stage, supposedly incurable bowel cancer, uh, 14 years before I'd met him, had followed Pete's advice, and now... I think was completely cancer-free or almost cancer-free, but he looked the epitome of health. So whatever was happening, he was certainly in the right direction. A woman with Lyme disease. Now, I know that's not cancer, but she'd cured herself following Pete's protocol. 
another fellow with prostate cancer made a complete recovery by change of diet and detox. All just a constant stream of people in this cafe, which was really like a, um, a community, I suppose you could call it. And sure. then I'd go back a week or two later and there <coughs> they were. Oh, Jim, how you doing? Or Susie or Jenny or whoever it was. That's right. You're only new on this protocol. How's it going? And they'd say, well, it's only been two weeks, but I'm already feeling better and I've got more energy and I'm back at work. And or some of them would say I've had a scan and it's reduced to 25% of its size or it's 10% of its size, wow. all these things. And then I thought, well, even if I didn't believe Pete before, which I did, this is convincing. I'm meeting a face-to-face. They're not spinning stories. They're looking me in the eye. They're speaking from the heart. This, this is the way to go. Like this works. Wow. That's amazing. Rob, you're, you're truly inspiring me. And I know you're inspiring the people watching this and listening to this, whether it's live or on the replay. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's round it out a little bit right now. So what are some recommendations that we could start doing? We may, we don't have cancer. We don't think we have cancer or we may have, what are some like logical first things we can do? I love the fact. So should we all start doing a, a, a teaspoon of baking soda in the morning? Is that something we should start doing? I mean, obviously you're not uh, yes, a doctor. Yes. I think it would benefit anyone. It would be prevented. Absolutely. And my slices of lemon, uh, lemon yes. water will, will bring yes. alkalinity. Yes. Yep. What that is fantastic. Things? I've got two chapters. Well, I can quote from these chapters. I've got one chapter, foods I avoided. So there were, um, I could race through them. Um, and I, I made it sort of poetic because I'm a songwriter as well. Number mm-hmm. one, should have quit sugar sooner. So sugar is the number one food that feeds cancer. Anyone yep. with cancer should be completely eliminating sugar from their diet, including fruit, believe it or not. Oh, wow. The only fruits they should be eating are lemons and limes. Uh, number two, discard the carbs. If you've got a diet high in carbohydrates, carbohydrates convert sugar, sugar feeds the cancer. So pasta, uh, rice, bread, bad news for cancer patients. Mm. But there are substitutes. Yeah. Uh, here in our All supermarkets, great. I presume in your supermarkets too or health food stores, you can actually find vegetable-based uh, pastas, which are very low in carbohydrates. Yep. And they don't taste quite the same as your regular spaghetti and fettuccine, but they're pretty good. And if you put some nice toppings on them, they can be quite tasty. Avocado and Himalayan salt and yep. hemp seed oil or olive oil or avocado oil. Uh, it can actually be quite, quite pleasant and quite tasty. You've got to be yeah, willing I, to I, flex them. Yeah. I, I've, I've started doing cauliflower, cauliflower um, crust pizza, cauliflower, cauliflower yep. rice. Um, right. Yeah, we've done it. We've done a few of those things. So yeah, Brilliant. I mean, every little every little thing makes a difference. It does every little thing, and I like what you said because it's a multi pronged approach to the accumulation of all these different things, which puts in the right direction. It's not just one thing. Uh, number three, no junk punk. Number four, goodbye high GI. Number five, dispute in gluten. Number six, everybody knows no GMOs. Number seven, I ain't no soy boy. Uh, fermented soy is okay, by the way. Number eight, neglecting the lectins. Number nine, delete the meat. Number ten, dairy scary. Number well, delete eleven, the meat. How do you, so if we delete the meat, that's the protein. Uh, no, well, this is a myth. There's plenty of protein in vegetables. We've been mm-hmm. conditioned, or if you like, brainwashed to believe we need the meat for protein. I believe we don't. Uh, but you know, things like uh, I'd, I'd have um, coconut. The coconut flesh has got protein in it. But you know, vegetables have got protein, just not quite as high. But it's enough for us to survive and thrive. It, it, we've been conditioned because of course, certain industries, the meat industry, want us to believe a certain thing. Sure. Funny <clears> that, 
Number 12, order drink water but don't source it from the faucet. Number 13, the obscene caffeine routine. And number 14, hugs, not drugs. <laughs> I so love that. I know that's a, I'm, I'm packing a lot into a short amount of time. but No, that's that's good. I, the, the water is like super important for me. I mean, I drink probably at least a gallon of water a day. Right. I always tell Green people to drink tea, half, half, half your body weight in ounces of, of water a day. You know what? I've tried so many. It's like wine for me. I can't stand wine. We were in Italy uh, this summer and I went. we went on a wine tour. My wife loves wine. And I said, you know what? We're going to go on a wine tour. I'm going to try every single wine. And I tried a little taste of every. I couldn't stand it. The same thing with tea. I have tried at so many teas. I can't stand it. What, is, what do we do in that situation? Or does I just have to suck it up and drink it even though it tastes like shoes? That's for you to decide, okay? And my book is not prescriptive. Uh, most of it is saying this is what I did and this is the consequence, which was a very positive consequence, short-term and long-term. Uh, at no stage do I say you should do this and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I do say careful. studies have shown that this is very harmful. Studies have shown that this is very healing. And, for instance, the number one food, uh, it's a vegetable, that heals or, or kills cancer cells, can you guess, is? The number one vegetable that's a cancer killer? Yeah. Some people may not think of it as a, as a vegetable, but it is. Bell pepper. Uh, nice try. It's actually garlic. Oh, wow, yeah. That makes garlic sense. Garlic is believed, there, there are numbers of research studies that show that garlic is more powerful than chemotherapy in killing cancer cells. Now, how wow. about that for a statement? So I was really overdosing on garlic. Now, you can avoid garlic breath and smelling terrible by having parsley, organic parsley. will neutralize it. on a spoon, a silver spoon. Uh, I'm talking about parsley. Oh, I was going to say, to get rid of garlic, they say to suck on a spoon, I guess. Oh really? I didn't know yeah. that. Is that the silver, I guess the silver in a in a spoon will cause it to deactivate the garlic. I've never tried it. And I'm not a big garlic guy. If I have if I have Italian food, I just say, well, I've had Italian food. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm gonna smell there, like there uh, was a research garlic. study done in 2008, which uh, in Canada, in uh, Quebec, which showed that the most powerful cancer-fighting foods are number one, garlic, number two, leek, number three, onion, four, broccoli, five, Brussels sprout. Number six, cauliflower, seven, kale, eight, cabbage, nine, spinach, 10, beetroot, 11, asparagus, etc. cetera. Uh, it's on the net. It's also in my book. Uh, that was from uh, extensive laboratory studies where they tested um, 34 different vegetable extracts on eight different tumor cell lines. Mm. So food is a medicine. And did you know... That for thousands of years, natural native healers all across the world, including North America, South America, you name it, were practicing herbs and root extracts and juices to cure people, not put them in temporary remission, but to completely cure people of a whole range of cancers. But in 1910, there was one individual that set out to shut them all down and disparage them. Well, is that the Philip Morris Agency? <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> Uh, J.D. Rockefeller. Oh, wow, really? So that he could bring in his petrochemical drugs and claim that they could cure cancer. Oh, geez. But, of course, they can't. So it was, it, was a, it was a scam perpetrated, I believe, actually, one of the greatest tra tragedies to be perpetrated on humanity to actually get people to believe that these drugs and other things like radiotherapy could actually cure people of cancer. Yeah. And to yeah. shut down all these healers who are doing the most wonderful job.
Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the same thing that's happening in pain management. I've been, like I said, I've been on prescription pain medicine off and on since 2006. And when I started, when I started looking at uh, some of the, the facets of it, my, my medical doctor and my, my pain management doctor, whatever you has never asked me what I eat. So when my inflammation's down, everything's a lot better. Um, but it's pretty crazy. You know, when you look at cannabis, like cannabis is bad and pot's going to do When you go back and look at the studies in the thirties and the forties about what cannabis was doing, what cocaine was doing. And now they're, they just, I think they just, I didn't, I don't watch the news, but I think they just passed a, a, a governmental, um, not a legalization of marijuana, but they've basically made it a non-offensible crime, I think now. So finally, you know, in the States or the States are voting. I mean, here in California, medical cannabis is, is legal. I use it. I use CBD oil. I use THC oil. I use that. But now they're talking about psilocybin for one or two doses. Microdosing psilocybin can, can cure PTSD, depression, all these things. I get chills when I think about it. So it's crazy how big pharma and all these rich people came in here and sideswiped what was growing out of the ground to heal us naturally. So I'm glad that the the world is starting to shift and the people like yourselves are saying, hey, let me let me take this experience I've had and write this book and start to change the the dynamic of what's going on of the millions of people who have dealt with cancer, dealing with cancer and everything else. So Mr. Rob, thank you so much for being here, brother. I could sit here and talk to you for hours. I'm gonna have you back on a show where we could talk about music, but uh, throw a copy of the book show a copy of the book i'm going to show uh, uh where they can where they can go get it so there it is ladies and gentlemen the healing power of cancer by the amazing uh rob Pryor. sorry i was my i saw your the thing and it was like i was thinking of two different things so rob Pryor is the author i'm doing this for the people who are listening on the podcast and you guys can go to porpoisepress.com p-o-r-p-o-i-s-e-p-r-e-s-s.com porpoisepress.com. You can pick up his book right there. I'm going to be definitely getting it and reading it. Dude, you have inspired me today. So thank you. And also you can get a hold of Rob. You can send uh, Rob an email at rob at prior, P-R-I-O-R dot E-D-U dot A-U. Again, that's rob at prior for Rob Pryor dot E-D-U dot A-U. Connect with them and uh, let him know that you love this particular episode. Get his book. I'm going to be getting his book um, because I think that proactively what we can do, Rob, uh, right now is what matters most. So thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate you. Any final words you want to send off with the listeners and the viewers today? Uh, Well, yes. Uh, For anyone that has cancer or uh, has a loved one with cancer, uh, I believe there is massive, massive hope for your recovery if you follow a holistic healing protocol as as outlined in my book. And I've had people who are even skeptical who said, look, I'm skeptical. I don't know about this natural stuff, uh, but I'm going to read your book anyway and keep an open mind. And every single one of them has given me feedback at a later stage saying they've been convinced that it's the way to go because it's so well-researched, if I can say. It's got over 300 citations of scientific research articles in the back of the book. It's actually it's crazy. It was not intended originally. There are 28 pages wow. in the back of the book of legit, we're talking about university-based scientific research studies in USA, uh, Asia, Europe, uh, multiple cases that came the same conclusions that I'm claiming in the book. So this is not just me spouting stuff off on a whim at the top of my head. It's all very scientifically backed and it's helping a lot of people make recoveries. I love it. I love it. I'm going to be getting the book. I'm going to be recommending the book. Brother, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. We're going to end out the show. Don't go anywhere because I still want to have a chat with you. But thank you, Rob, for being on the Raw and Scripted Show. Pleasure. Thank you, Chris. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 55 minutes. We came in under an hour. Powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. Guys, you hear me talk all the time about regrets. 
Regrets are powerful. Think about this. What are you eating right now? Think about when you put something in. I'm going to do this too. I'm going to do this right along with you. What am I putting in my mouth right now? Is this something that's helping me or hurting me? Is this good for me or bad for me? Maybe it might be in the middle of the road. I sit there and I think sometimes, and I'm not a doctor. For me, when I was eating healthy six days a week, healthy, you know, healthy meals, no junk food, no candy, no sugar, and exercising those six days, five days to the gym, and then one day, you know, out with the family, and then one day every week, allow myself a little bit of a cheat day. I felt amazing, my my inflammation and everything else. But here's the other thing. How much better would I have felt if I was complete? Like when I do 75 hard, but I was telling you guys about that before. We all have a, a responsibility to ourselves. We have a responsibility to our families and our kids. You know, for me, I'm going to be 54 next year. I'm proud of that. I feel great. I look good. But I've got a six-year-old outside my door. Literally six years old. Today's birthday. Let's say happy birthday, Jackson. Six years ago today, we brought our son home. Amazing. So don't let me get, just get distracted. But when I look at him, does he deserve a healthy dad that's going to be around to see him have kids? Yes, he does. What does that mean for me? Most people in my family have died. Six, my mom died at 69. My grandmother died at 72. My grandfather died at 73. I don't know the rest of my family, but it seems like that's the longevity factor. If I'm 54, you do the math. I got 20 years, 20 years, my kid's going to be 26. Is he going to be having kids? I sure hope not. So I think about that. I do that math. That's real math, ladies and gentlemen, that math does not change. That is not, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not that young anymore. I'm not 30 years old anymore. I can't sit there and say, well, that's 20 years down the road. Like I used to today is a brand new day. Today's a brand new day for all of us. And I know you guys watching this. A lot of you guys are like my age. So it's a time for us to really take very seriously what it is that we're putting into our body. If we're not happy with the results that we're getting from our mind and from our body, if we're not happy with the way we look, then that starts today. That starts with making different decisions about what it is that we're doing and thinking and the people we're hanging around. So if you're hanging around some people and you say, hey man, I'm gonna start taking better care of myself. I'm not gonna have those French fries anymore. I'm gonna have this stuff. I'm gonna kick, we go to an organic place. If those people start giving you shit and what are you doing? You need to find new people. Ladies and gentlemen, you gotta have people around you who are gonna support you, who are gonna advocate for your health and advocate for, hey, that works for you. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna give that a shot. I'm, I've never had beet juice before, but God, I'll give it a shot once. I've tried it once. It's nasty as hell. I won't do that again. Promise you. I don't care. I would die of cancer and not drink that shit. Um, but you know, my point, you know, my point, and you guys know, I, I, I'm very sarcastic and stuff, but yes, today we guys, we can, uh, start taking those, those actions. I know for me starting January 2nd, because I am one of those people starting January 2nd, um, I take that break between then and my birthday to eat healthy and to, to zero out everything. So I'm actually considering this year, maybe doing it for longer than a couple of months. Maybe I'm going to do it for four or five months. Maybe I might just do it permanently. Maybe this might be the new step in my life to take what Rob is saying and start really carefully analyzing and looking at the things that I'm putting in my body to have that longevity factor. So that I could be 85, 90 years old and look back on the fact when I was 54 and go, wow, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that. We should be doing more things for ourselves to be able to say one day, I'm so glad I did that instead of, I wish I would have done that. Ladies and gentlemen, Raw Unscripted Show. We're gonna be back here next Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with another amazing guest. You guys asked me to tell you who's coming up. So uh, hang on one second. Who's coming up next week? We got amazing Ashley Garcia. Ashley's a, a beautiful soul. Uh, she is a networking specialist. She is uh, a fabulous soul. You're going to love her. And so tune in next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time live. Or of course, always catch us on podcast. Just go wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Spotify, just type in Ron Unscripted. You'll see my beautiful face. Or just go to noexcusescoach.com. Click on the media tab and you can find all of my stuff. You can find the video cast, the podcast, everything. Christopher Roush at noexcusescoach.com. I love you guys. Go be brilliant. I'm going to go celebrate my son's birthday.
Happy birthday, Jackson. I love you. And we'll see you.